And so, my fellow Americans, ask not what your country can do for you, ask what you can do for your country. In the councils of government, we must guard against the acquisition of unwarranted influence, whether sought or unsought, by the military-industrial complex. That we can, and so help us God, we will make America great again. What's up, guys? Welcome to another episode of the No Gimmicks Podcast. I'm your humble host, as always, Brady Leonard. Hopefully, you guys are having a great week. Uh, great show today. I was joined by Kyle Mann, who's the editor-in-chief of the Babylon Bee, which, I'm, if you guys uh, aren't aware, is a hilarious satire site. Um, yeah, it was a good chat. It was good talking to Kyle. I think you guys will really enjoy it. Uh, before I get to Kyle, um, guys, if you haven't already, please follow us on Twitter at No Gimmicks Pod, and please subscribe on iTunes, SoundCloud, or Google Play. If you're on iTunes, please give us a five-star rating and a good review. I'd really appreciate that. And if you like what you're hearing and you want to get involved with the show, hit us up over on Patreon, patreon.com slash the No Gimmicks Podcast. There is cool incentives if you choose to do so. All right, that's all I got. Uh, without further ado, here is my chat with Kyle Mann. All right, guys, we're here with Kyle Mann, editor-in-chief of the Babylon Bee. Kyle, brother, thanks for taking the time, man. Yeah, thanks for having me. Absolutely. So I'm pretty sure a majority of my audience is familiar with the Babylon Bee. Um, I cite you guys uh, frequently. (laughs) I've been a fan for a long time. Um, I have to say, probably my favorite thing in the world of politics in 2019, it's got to be Snopes' obsession with you guys. I think it is just... (laughs) delicious is it's got to be my favorite my favorite thing in the world of politics this year um they have quote unquote fact checked um a a bunch of your articles which is just beautiful it's wonderful um if you can remember what was the first article that they quote unquote fact checked and i i have to ask what was your guys's initial reaction i can only imagine the laughs i think if i'm not mistaken the first uh time they fact checked us was we did an article about it this big mega church out in north carolina and we said that they um, that they introduced a water slide baptismal. So we did a little Photoshop <laughs> of this big spirally water slide going down into their baptism deal. So that and it was it was just funny. You know, it was almost it was like electrifying for us. Like we're like, whoa, you know, this 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 uh, old website Snopes, who's been around forever, fact checking stuff is is doing a fact check on us like that's how you know we 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 basically made this site just for fun like we're we didn't think it was going to be anything big and all of a sudden like you know hundreds of thousands of people are reading these articles and some people are thinking they're true and (laughs) Snopes fact checking (laughs) and it kind of legitimizes what you're doing in a way because it's like oh I guess our satire is you know that close and that uh you know it hits it hits its target Man, I, I I had my cousin on who's actually a fact checker. He he's in Belfast, Northern Ireland, and he runs uh, Fact Check Northern Ireland. And we were, I actually brought up I brought this up to him on the podcast, and and he's like, "Look, uh, the first rule of fact checking is you can't fact check um, opinion, but it it doesn't need to be said that you can't fact check satire. <laughs> like that's not, like it's not a rule because it doesn't have to be. It is an unwritten rule that you can't actually fact check." satire but my god i i keep it up snopes i i I love it i absolutely love it um all right another question in regards to the babylon b 
obviously President Trump is good for business. I mean, he's good for business for guys like me. Um, and I have to imagine he's even better business for a satire site. So I'm I'm pretty sure, at least for selfish reasons, that you're probably rooting for a Trump re-election. But let's say Trump has to lose in 2020. What Democrat would be best for the Babylon Bee? I'm not talking politics or policies. I'm not saying who would be the best or worst right. president. I'm just saying just for hilarious content, who would you have to root for? Yeah. Um, uh, so far, you know, we've been doing satire on um, on all the Democratic candidates, obviously. And so far, like, uh, I think our Biden stuff, our Joe Biden stuff resonates, I mean, uh, the most. Uh, Bernie Sanders, too. He's he's a little easy though because you know he's been kind of such a such a caricature for such a long time. Right. Um, but a, you know a, car- uh, a caricature of uh, Joe Biden is emerging. You know, kind of the old bumbling guy, and that's uh, that that's been a lot of fun. So yeah, there's a few. I mean, the the, the Democrats right now seem to be so um, tone deaf, you know, and they take themselves so seriously. So really, any of them are good for comedy. That's true. That that is true. Uh, the complete lack of self-awareness um, goes yeah. a long way comedically. But I, I'm I'm actually kind of shocked you didn't say Pete Buttigieg, because I mean you guys are a you guys, yeah. <laughs> you guys are a Christian news satire site, um, and this this little prick man, I mean just the constant <laughs> smarmy, you know attacks on Christians, yeah, the constant misquoting the Bible. I mean I feel like a president Mayor Pete would be just comedy gold for you guys. Oh yeah. And- and, and yeah, he's definitely like that kind of, uh, you know, thinks very highly of himself and always lecturing Christians on biblical morality and, uh, you know, what a, what a true Christian is. And that, yeah, that's a lot of fun. He, he's not quite as, I don't know, he's not quite as over the top of a caricature. Yeah, we, we, we got to wait for some good stuff to emerge from him, but I don't think he'll, uh, I don't think he'll be in the race very long, but. That's true. I mean, I, I see your point. He's not as you know naturally funny as, say, like right. a Trump or a Biden. You know, like Bi- I mean, Biden's eyeball blew up on stage the other night, and then his dentures fell out. Yeah. So I mean. Yeah. <laughs> but you, exactly. You know, and, and yeah, wait, with the Buttigieg, you gotta, you gotta, you know, he's kind of, he kind of sounds, you know, he, he's he's got the sound of a smart guy. You know, and it's like, oh yeah, that sounded good. You know, and we really have to break it down that uh, it, that actually didn't make any sense. You know, so it takes that other extra layer to, to do well, I think. Right. So obviously you guys, uh, you know, you, you make fun of like the church culture a lot, uh, which is, you know, I, I grew up in the church. I actually am a former youth pastor and a former worship pastor. Um, so all the, the, the making fun of the, the over-the-top church culture stuff is, is absolutely hilarious to me. And obviously you, you do a lot of politics as well. But you guys do spend a lot of time hammering the press. Um which I think is good. <laughs> and I, I spent yeah. my entire show on Monday mercilessly, viciously savaging the New York Times after their asinine, slanderous smear of, of Justice Brett Kavanaugh again. Um, like, I get bored attacking the press sometimes, but I'm going to continue to do it. And I brought this <laughs> up, and I want, I want your opinion on this. I brought this up on my podcast on Monday. I, I think lately, nine times out of ten, the press is the story. Like, the press is the problem. Like a lot of most things in in American public life are going pretty well. I mean, politically things are going pretty well. The economy's great. You know, like the the press is the story a lot of the time. Do you agree with that? Right. Are you kind of where I am with uh yeah, my, my I, hatred of the press? I'm yeah. I mean, I I'm sure 
sure there are good journalists out there that are trying to do a good job. It, it's just, um, I, I was re I'm reading a, a GK Chesterton book right now and he's got this good bit in there about, um, about the press. You know, this is written in the, in the early 1900s and he said something like the problem with the press is that, um, they always have to find, they always have to report on the, um, on a story that's like an outlier. Um, and in other words, so many things are going well and, but the press doesn't, and can't report on that because of the nature of journalism, right? They don't, they don't say, they, they don't do a report saying, look at all these, um, look at all these marriages that are not falling apart. You know, right, right. <laughs> you know, look at all these people who are just living, living good lives and regular lives. You know, that's not a story. So they don't report on it. So, you know, by, by its very nature, you know, journalism is distorted. It's a distorted view of reality. And then when you, when you add on top of that, the agenda that a lot of journalists seem to inject in, it just, you know, it, it's such a, it, it's not an accurate portrayal of like where our nation is and where the world is at all. Yeah. I mean, you're absolutely right. And, you know, I, I spend a ton of time hammering the Democrats and stuff, especially after, you know, they, they keep all getting on stage at the same time and saying awful stuff. Um, but it's like, I can't stop beating up the press because whatever a Democratic politician will say or do, the press will say or do something worse. It's like, they're always worse. <laughs> than even the left-wing politicians. I mean, like... Yeah, yeah, yeah. The New we, York we, Times, we I mean, they're a bunch of communists. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I remember Bernie Sanders will say, yeah, you know, I want to raise your taxes because I'm a socialist. And then the New York Times will say, hold my beer, and they'll write an op-ed about how sex was better under communist dictators. It's like, what What do we do? Like, no matter what these Democrats say, the press will do something worse. Yeah, we did an article once where about Ocasio-Cortez where we said that she... Um, she got her head stuck in a bucket, and <laughs> but that, but that wasn't the joke. The joke was Ocasio Cortez gets her head stuck in a bucket, and then um, and then the journalists bend over backwards to explain why it was actually a great idea, you know. And that's kind of the that's kind of what you're saying is like, yeah, the politicians are doing dumb stuff, and we can all see that. But then uh, but then it's really the press that goes and says, actually, <laughs> you know, this is actually a great idea. Do you ever find yourself rooting for crazy shit like that? You know, like the next AOC crazy moment so you can write about. Like, do, do you root for, do you ever cross that line where you're rooting for bad things to happen to America because it would be hilarious definitely, to write about? Definitely, definitely not bad things. But I do like, you know, as long as we have, you know, corrupt and stupid politicians in power, I, you know, I, yeah, I'm rooting for them to say dumb things that expose how dumb they are. You know, like... Ocasio-Cortez, you know, she got rid of her uh, press guy or whoever that was that was running her Twitter account. And so for, there was like two months there where she didn't say anything dumb. And you know, that was that was tough. It was tough times at the Babylon Bee. It was. Yeah, she eventually hired somebody else to be the brains of the operation, I think. Yeah. <laughs> uh, man, oh, man. But who in the press, the traditional corporate press, which uh, I think it was Michael Malice who started using the term corporate press instead of mainstream right. media because and I, I totally agree with them and, and I'd never say the term mainstream media because I don't want to normalize these communist monsters these degenerates who run you know the New York Times and the Washington Post but who in the corporate press do you respect and I ask hopefully you have an answer before me because I haven't thought about my answer to this question yet but who in the in the corporate press do you actually like what journalist can you point to and, and say they're actually doing a good job? Do you think? I, I, I think most of 
the problem is that it, you know everything is everything is these big um, like pundits and, and grifters and personalities. And most of those people, no matter what side of the ideological divide they're on, are, are gonna by nature they're not they're not gonna be able to report things accurately because you know they have to play to their base, right? So you know it's this this guy gets famous because he owns the libs, and this guy gets famous because she or this this girl gets famous because she owns the conservatives, and you know and so that's what they're known for, and they're not gonna turn on their base. I I think probably the the people in the in in the corporate press that are you know that I would respect are you know there's just there are just normal grunt worker people that are just trying to get facts you know right. and then what happens is those facts go to some editorial desk and then they they start twisting them and they start framing a narrative you know I whenever I go on Twitter you know Twitter has like their featured stories or whatever and it's amazing the way that um, the way that they frame them. You know, it's not they, 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 if a conservative says something and then someone goes in and attacks them for it. The story is, you know, this person had a this liberal had a savage comeback against this dumb thing. This conservative said, you know, it's, it's not a reporting of like this guy said this thing. You know, right. <laughs> it's like it's like, look how great our side is for doing it. And, and so when. As soon as it's framed that way, if you're not really thinking about it, you just browse past. You go, oh wow, yeah, I guess that guy said something dumb. And you don't actually go look at the fact. Right. Yeah, I, I'm trying to think of just mainstream journalists who I have any level of respect for. I think like a guy like Brett Baer does a pretty mm-hmm. good job over on Fox. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I, I've I've seen some reports. I've seen some articles that I've been really impressed by, like in the New York Times, the Los Angeles Times, uh, the Atlantic. You know, I've read pieces that I'm like, wow, that's that's actually a really good piece. You know, where they've just reported facts and they they didn't they didn't embellish or try to introduce a narrative. So I've read particular pieces, but you know, I don't know right. what the specific name would be that's associated with those. Right, especially on like foreign policy, there's still people doing a lot of good work. You know, it's it's it, I guess it's harder to interject your own biases when you're talking foreign policy, I suppose. But like even somebody like uh, like a Barry Weiss from the New York Times, who's somebody that I've read a lot, and you know, I, she's at least tries to be kind of fair, tries to be intellectually curious. And then remember, she went on Joe Rogan's podcast and did a rant for twenty minutes about how the Second Amendment should go away and and we should disarm a hundred million Americans. It's like, well, all right, well, you're a crazy commie, so <laughs> I guess I guess I can't respect you anymore. <laughs> you know what I mean? It is just a uh, yeah, I don't know. It's it's a tough question to answer, but it's. You know, like I said, we can move on from the press, but it's just I, I view these people as the no, I mean, nine but, times out of ten. You know, like, so I'm gonna keep yeah, I, I, I'm gonna keep viciously hammering them, man. Like I don't feel like I have a choice. I've seen like Jake Tapper do a good job sometimes. Yeah, yeah, I know sometimes yeah. he steps. I've definitely seen some people on the left that that do an okay job. Occasionally, occasionally. Yeah. So, do you? How much of these democratic debates do you subject yourself to? Oh, I don't, I don't watch any of them. Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't. Oh no, absolutely not. I, I've, I've got a family <laughs> and my sanity to preserve. It's just so stupid, you know. You get, I don't even like the framing of like a debate because it's just. It, 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 one of our headline writers pitched the idea of like, <laughs> uh, I don't remember the exact headline, but it was something like, oh, you know, these a bunch of crazy guys standing on stage, uh, yelling pre-recorded sound bites. In, in uh, 
or you know pre-written sound bites in close proximity to each other you know <laughs> that's basically all the debate they're not debating you know there's no there's no difference of opinion it's like this guy wants to take x amount of your dollars and this guy wants to take x you know <laughs> times two of your dollars and and that's basically the debate you know right right yeah i, I i've tried to make it through a couple of them I, this last one, I made it like 30, 35 minutes in maybe, but it was a three hour debate. I didn't know that. I thought it was like an hour, hour and a half. And then That's like, I looked at the program and I'm like, this isn't over till 11. <laughs> My goodness. So yeah. I just turned it off. <laughs> and well, they, like, they did that seven hour town hall on climate change. Oh like my, who oh can my. sit there for seven hours? It's wild. I, I will admit something right now on the podcast. Uh, this was like last month. I think it was the second debate. I didn't even tell the audience that I didn't watch the debate. I just I brought on a guest that I knew had to watch it for his job, and I pretended like I watched it. <laughs> I mean, you already, you already know what these people are going to say. Like, it doesn't really matter. So I just kind of pretended to cover the debate as if I had watched it. I don't know what that says about your host, but yeah. it is what it is. <laughs> I definitely think you have the right idea, though. Man, I just skip the whole damn thing. All right, so I know uh, you have a heart out here. I have to let you go, but... Uh, you know, you're obviously the editor in chief of the uh, most trusted name in news, um, the Babylon Bee. So, you know, make your prediction um, as one of the most powerful newsmen in the country. Uh, <laughs> who actually wins the Democratic uh, nomination and why? Um, I don't know. It's hard. It's hard for me to see Biden uh, losing at this point. But you know, crazier things have happened. I, I didn't think Trump was going to win the Republican primary. Yeah, same. Um, so I don't know. Yeah. I, I, it's hard to see Biden, you know, it, these parties are so into like their establishment. Um, you know, they're so, they're so concerned about trying something new. It's always, you know, we go with what works. And so, you know, Biden being the front runner and having already been in the white house, you know, that I think that's probably the safe bet, but. Yeah, I, I think I agree. I mean, he's already had his eyeball explode, his gentry's fall out. He's constantly forgetting <laughs> what city and state he's in he's said a lot of really weird racial stuff something about somebody named corn pop the other day i mean he's like and he, he hasn't gone His, down at all in the polls i mean he's like bulletproof right now <laughs> like any other candidate he would have completely imploded well, by now but, it, but i don't think the voters care he's also got uh, snopes on his defense team i don't know if you saw that but he <laughs> he he made that he did that told that whole story about the war hero and all this and it and it was completely like made up and <laughs> it was like four stories smashed together. Right, right. And, and Snopes rated it. Um, they rated it a mixture. They said they didn't rate it false. They rated it a mixture. And they said, you know, well, a lot of the parts of the story are true. It's just that, you know, he wasn't there and they were mixed up. But yeah, the, you know, the core of his story is an important message. <laughs> oh my gosh. That's not, that's not what fact checking is. That's not what that means. Right. <laughs> oh, man. And one, if they can fact check you guys, they better fact check Corn Pop. <laughs> I saw someone say they were, they were putting evidence out there that Corn Pop is real, man. I, I, I couldn't believe it. You know, they were saying Corn Pop is, I believe in Corn Pop, man. Corn Pop. And what, wait, what was, uh, what was Cory Booker's Corn Pop from back in the day? Uh, what was <laughs> I don't what, remember. Uh, his fake gangster friend or whatever? Oh yeah, T-bone, yeah, yeah, T-bone, man! I want a T-bone <laughs> and corn pop like buddy cop comedy. That's that's what America needs right now. T-bone was the T-bone was the name of a um 
it was a Christian rapper. I don't know if you remember T-Bone. That's right. Oh, yeah, I remember. Maybe that was who he was talking about. I don't know. There you go. All right, Kyle, uh, I know i got to let you go. Thanks so much for the time. Let's do it again. I'd love to have you back. Yeah, around. absolutely. And, uh, yeah, dude, do all the plug. Oh, I didn't even get to your book, How to Be a Perfect Christian. So definitely plug the book, and where can everybody follow you online and keep in touch and all that good stuff? Oh, yeah, yeah, we wrote a book uh, about a year ago, and it's uh, it's it's our, our big kind of send-up of Christian culture. It's on Amazon and all other book places. So How to Be a Perfect Christian, check it out. And then our website's babylonb.com. Right on. Everybody follow Kyle. He's great. Everybody check out the Babylon Bee. It's hilarious. That's all I got for today. I'm Brady Leonard. I'll be back on Monday. No gimmicks.